off top, Commando the Pigeon. He served in the British military and flew over 90 missions and was awarded the Dickin Medal. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What up, Charlie? How you gonna you know that? How you gonna drop that on me? The Dickin Medal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what it's called. It's a, it's a, a medal for British animals that are brave in service and as maligned as the pigeon is, I think they're the leaders. Mm. As far as war medals for animals, pigeons got more than anybody else. The Dickin Medal. Look it up. Learn about it. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think Brock Purdy is going to win the fucking medal any day soon. <laughs> uh, you, our producer. How dare you do that to our producers? <laughs> all right, Charlie. Fair so, point. Um, we're not going to talk about White Lotus at all today until after. Did you watch it? Nope. Okay, good. All right. Well, I'll text you afterward and we can talk about that. And also, you're watching Southside per my recommendation, and we can talk about that also. But before we get to any of that, we got to play a game that you created called Press Coverage. Yeah. Explain it and let's play okay. it. I like this game. I'm I'm pretty excited about this. So we have the you know great opportunity to sit here and talk to you guys all on a Tuesday where we don't just get the Monday morning quarterback. We get the Tuesday morning quarterback. Our crack team of producers have assembled tweets, headlines, the press coverage of what's happened in the football over the weekend. And I'm going to read them to you. And you're going to tell me, fair or foul, good or bad, what's the press gotten wrong? You get to be the football iconoclast and tell us what's really going on. Um, so the first one, we have to start with the social media quarterbacks, <laughs> Tua and Justin Herbert. And I have, um, not shockingly, there were more tweets, there are more headlines about this matchup in this game than any other. I'm going to read a few. The first one, a headline from Miami Herald. And Greg Cody. Dolphins loss of Chargers makes final month a huge and test, uh, tense test for Miami. Dot, dot, dot. And for Tua. All right. It seems measured, but we're going to, we've got more. I got a few more to read. I mean, it's not, I, I despise Greg Cody. So um, we won't even acknowledge that he said anything. But anyway, give me some more. Okay. Tua is golf in 2018. He's Baker in 2020. He can play some great football, but don't pay him a billion dollars and rank him above Herbert, even when the stats say he's better. That's the take. It's always been the take. That's from Theo Ash NFL on Twitter. Um, I got a, I got another one from Nick Wright, which mm -hmm. is I know some I know somehow this has become a kind uh, something of a debate. But that Justin Herbert guy, he's really damn good. Has a legitimate chance to be the second best QB in the whole damn league. Very very soon. And the last one I have for you is from Aaron Schatz, which says, folks, the surprise is not that Herbert looks good. The surprise is that Miami's that the Miami offense looks like garbage against a bad D missing a ton of starters. That's from Aaron Schatz. So that's sort of the narrative surrounding that game. Fair or foul at this point? Uh, it's a fair narrative. Uh, two has had two back-to-back -back weeks that were underwhelming. But I do think that the response to this social media fight, and is it fair to say it like coalesced around two individuals? Acho Our, versus Kimes. Yeah, it was Mina Kimes, and she dunked on him quite viciously after the game because her quarterback won. But I think 
it came down to an argument about is is winning a QB stat is kind of what it came down to to me mm-hmm. is like yes can you disentangle a quarterback's ability um from his record and that was kind of the position was Mina and I think by and large like the football analyst world generally were like yeah Herbert's a much better quarterback He's not winning as much for a number of reasons. But if you could start a franchise with one of those two guys, everyone would take Herbert. And then on the other side was the position kind of that Acho had taken is like, but Tua wins. And he's putting up big numbers right now. Uh, and you can't really disentangle what he provides this offense. And you can't give all the credit to McDaniel or all the credit to Waddle and um, Hill, you have to just accept that Tua is better because he puts up more because they they win more and he puts up good numbers. Is that a fair explanation for it? Totally um, fair. Yeah, and that game, it showed all the like it, it was the yeah. perfect game to like reinforce Mina and her goons side of the argument which like to be fair i fall on that side i like to what he was doing but i also like accepted that herbert was better and we saw it through the course of the game and we saw the the mahomesian improv and arm strength and accuracy those things that uh tua doesn't have on the improv as much like he in the pocket things go according to schedule Two is good. He had some like scrambles, but he scrambled to run. It wasn't scrambled to make big plays, which is what Herper was doing. And I think the challenging thing about having this conversation or having conversations like this, it's like a smaller version of Jordan versus LeBron is that you have to like, it feels like you're taking shots at someone who's good. Yeah. Because you have to point out where they are not as good. So like, yeah, her and this is I, I fall into this. It happens to me when we talk about Dak a lot, where it's like I'm defending Dak, and then people are like, You love Dak, you think he's the greatest. And it's like, no, <laughs> I know that he is not on that tier of Allen and Mahomes and Burrow, but he's above cousins and like that mediocre tier and finding trying to find the way to articulate that without cousins played better yesterday, but whatever. <laughs> uh okay. But did he win? <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah i mean finding finding a way to have that conversation without um uh just like completely lying to yourself and going in the tank for a player or like cutting down a player who's actually better than you're forced to give him credit for like that's the hard line to walk well so here's the thing i think we this is going to lead to the second layer layer of this conversation which is to me much more interesting than the the surface level trolling of two averse justin herbert like Herbert's ridiculous. He's so talented. We know that his upside is there. But what's interesting is that Tua had taken massive leaps forward with McDaniels and this offense. And Tyreek Hill left the game and he looked lost. Jalen Waddle has a fibula injury. And per Nate Tice, the Chargers defense ran cover two, six, or two man against the Dolphins dropbacks um, in passing down situations. Two was two for 10 for 21 yards with two sacks and one first down in those situations. He was 10 for 28 for 145 yards overall. And the question is, is if if he's regressing and this offense isn't going to be as explosive as it was early in the season, their schedule is brutal for the rest of the way. Brutal. And I think there's a legitimate chance they might not make the playoffs. Their five-game winning streak, not one came against a team that's going to be a playoff team. 
So what would have to happen for them to miss the playoffs? Who is their uh they're gonna have to be they're gonna be a wild card team. Let me check the records real quick. It would be the Chargers would take their spot. Yeah. So who do they have left? They've got the Bills, the Packers, the Patriots, and the Jets. Um, and so that that week seven, that week 18 game in particular against the Jets, against you know, tough and gritty Mike White with ribs made of jello at this point, that actually could be the game for the seven seed. Or no exaggeration. And that Jets defense is playing at a higher level right now than any other unit going into that game, assuming everything holds. Yeah, this is this is not setting up well for the Dolphins. They could definitely miss the playoffs with that run. They could lose two or three of those games. It would be tough for them. So, yeah, I could see that happening. Um, what I don't see happening is Tua and this offense continuing to right. like underachieve in these past couple of weeks. Like I think those are aberrations more than um, the trend. And last week, I think it was like anticipation of pressure mm-hmm. was like making him a bit antsy and – and it's carried over a bit this week. The accuracy wasn't there. And there were times when the plays were well defended. As poor as the Chargers defense has been all year, they defended some of these uh, concepts well enough. And then you want to see Tua do what Justin Herbert did when the concepts were well defended is roll out and then throw back across his body to the other side of the field with perfect accuracy. And that's it. Like they that you can't do that, then you can't be on the Herbert tier. Like it's right. just the way it's the way it works out. And those fourth down decisions. I'm an aggressive fourth down guy. The one I didn't like was the one that they actually got mm-hmm. because it's like the clock is ticking down in the second, the end of the first half and they went for it. And I'm like, well, I don't mind going for it when there's more time. Cause you like get good field position and get another shot at it. I hated that one, but they got that one. Right. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash df today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help com slash df all right next one this is one i know you got it you got a ton we're going to talk about the eagles and there are two two tweets i want to read you um the first one is from james seltzer which is they might not win the super bowl but there is no possible argument that can be made that the eagles are not the best team in the nfl right now it's simply a fact and the second one I want to read to you is from Shannon Sharp, who said, MVP race over, 
that award belongs to and rightful to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, uh, it's the, no disagreeing with that. Like I was high on the Eagles since before the season, and they're even better than I anticipated. I think everyone's question was, how good can Jalen Hurts be? And he's been MVP level, and they do it in a bunch of different ways. The flexibility that the talent on that roster provides and like their ability to coach. And I, I think we talk about coaching as in-game decisions only, but coaching is more about the preparation leading up to the week. And we'll look at players who make mental errors and think like, damn, that player can't get right. But like, you could also say, damn, those coaches did not prepare them to play in this game. I think that's another measure of good coaching is like the amount of like blown coverages, the amount of missed assignments in the running game. Those things matter. And that's about coaching throughout the week. And the Eagles don't do a lot of that. And then you put on top of it the flexibility they provide. They can beat you from the pocket. They can beat you outside of pocket. They can beat you deep. They can beat you short. They can beat you running the ball. And on defense, they have the flexibility to load the box or not or um, play man or zone to blitz. Like, they have the talent to do it all. So, yes, they're the best team. And, yes, football is random sometimes, so they may not win the Super Bowl. Right. But they are the best team. I I really need them to have a good run because I don't want to hear Jalen Hurts slander this offseason if they don't succeed in the playoffs. I do want to isolate a tiny bit to the MVP discussion just for a, a bit. Cause like, I think you're right. There's too much randomness in a one game, a, a single elimination tournament to, to get past the fact that even if I don't totally know that the Eagles are the best team, cause they're in such a ridiculous conference, they have a really good shot of going 16 and one really like a really good shot. I don't like just want to read schedules, but let me read you what they have left. Um, so Coming up, they have the Bears, then the Cowboys, then the Saints, and the Giants. If they get through that Giants game, or, or sorry, if they get to the Cowboys game, they have a really good shot at being 16-1, and one, which is a really special record. They'd be the second regular season team ever to win 16 games. Of course, 17-game season now, um, but still very I important. mean, yeah, uh, drives the MVP home, yeah. MVP point home even further, because I was thinking about the 15-1 and one, um, Panthers where Cam Newton was the quarterback. He won the MVP. I assume, I don't remember, but I assume that Brady won MVP of the year, yes. that the Patriots were undefeated. When you run away with the overall record like that and put up the numbers that he's putting up, I don't know how you can argue that he's not the MVP. Mm-hmm. And his his main competition would be Patrick Mahomes, who, I mean, put up some numbers, but had some turnovers yesterday, too. And let's get, we'll get to the Patrick Mahomes part in, in a second, but there are a few things I want to add on in Hurts because he deserves his due on this. First of all, Darius Slay went, came out after the game and was like, I should play receiver because I could get 1,500 yards with Jalen Hurts. You've seen the progression. He's that good. You've got a, you've got a DB who's saying, I want to play wide receiver, which I know you appreciate. The second one. So Hurts leads the NFL with 108.4 passer rating. Um, and also, Hertz is on course to be the first player in NFL history with 100 plus passer rating and 10 rushing touchdowns this season. That's not like he's not a running quarterback. He's dominant in both phases of the game. And that's really interesting, um, which is really, really, really special. But then I want to, I do want to bring that up compared to Mahomes because they both have special statistical cases. Mahomes is leading the NFL in EPA per dropback, and he's having one of the 12 best seasons of all time with that stat. The Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC with the 25th ranked defense. Um, and they're like at the top of every single advanced metric, total touchdowns, touchdown percentage, yards, uh, first downs, sack percentage, EPA for play, EPA for block, drop back, QBR. Um, so Madness. 
really there are two MVPs this season. I think like <laughs> like this is when we talk about Wins being a quarterback stat. Like yeah. the Chiefs gave away the best non-quarterback in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. And they're still leading all of these stats. And you look at the other side, and Jalen Hurts has the best number two receiver in the league in Devontae Smith and a top eight number one receiver in A.J. Brown. He's got an unbelievable team. And that makes the the debate so interesting and hard to parse. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that's when you go with the he's never done it before. It's a better story. It's like... Uh, it's, I guess the, it should be the other way around. It's like, you have to take it from the top dog, but I kind of feel like with MVPs, it's like, if we get a fresh story, we're more likely right. to give it to that person. But yeah, I, I'm underselling Patrick Mahomes, which is ridiculous, especially after that. He, he created a new pass. I thought he was done. Like at some point I, I went around the back. I, I went behind the back pass out of Mahomes at some point, please make yeah. it happen. I'm sure he's capable of it. I know he practices it. He has to. I do have one, uh, special Mahomes tweet to read for you for press coverage that I think you can tear down, which is this 3-0 Chiefs lead over the Broncos seems uh, insurmountable TBH. That was, that, was, that was tweeted by me. I was wrong because he blew that 27 nothing lead, but I digress. <laughs> he did. Yeah, but I mean, I'm with you. It does seem insur- insurmountable. Great tweet, by the way. Thank so you. so funny. I know. Um, we got through the, um, the, the Tua Herbert Bowl without addressing – Emmanuel Acho rapping. Like, is there, <laughs> is there anything to be said for that? Do we discuss it? Do we pretend like it doesn't happen? Do we make a response track? Like, what do we do? I would love to make a response track. Uh, <laughs> if we were, st- if I was still working on highly questionable today, Poppy uh, would have rapped about uh, Justin Herbert and Tua, but. <laughs> You know, we need a vessel for that. We'll figure yeah, that out. We got to find somebody to do it because I'm not recording no reps. All right. What's next? All right. Next one. This team actually is really interesting. It's the Lions. And again, I have two tweets for you. The first one comes from RG3, who said, I'm not sure any NFL team wants the Lions to make the playoffs. They're dangerous and way better than their record. Um, and the second one actually is not a tweet. It's from Dan Graziano's overreaction column. And he did not deem this to be an overreaction. Jared Goff will lead the Lions to the playoffs this year and will be their starting quarterback next year, too. Okay. Well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're both overreactions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think anybody is concerned about uh, the Lions making the playoffs. I think the Lions are in this phase where they're uh, like a plucky overachiever that we all like and want yeah. to root for and enjoy. I don't think that the Cowboys or the Eagles, I guess those are the two kind of favorites are worried about the Lions. The Bucks are, should be worried about everyone because they're not good. Um, and I guess the, the wild card teams. Yeah. I, the fact of the matter is I don't think anybody's actually worried about them. So I think that's a bit of a reaction. They can score, but their defense has not been great. I know you pointed out that they've been better recently, but yeah, they're, they are on the rise. I think Dan's point, though, Graziano's point, is an uh, interesting conversation because I do think it's an overreaction to say that they will make the playoffs. And I also think it's an overreaction to say that Jared Goff will be their starting quarterback next year because as of now, they have the Rams pick, which will be the number four overall. Right. And so maybe Jared Goff will start week one, but I'd be shocked if they're in the top five. They have a pick in the top fives that they got from the Rams. And all the quarterbacks that are coming out next year, they don't take a shot at one of them. I, 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 they, yeah, I don't know unless they're gonna try to stall for Caleb Williams Caleb. or something, right? Uh, which you can't 
it's going to be hard because Caleb Williams is already looking like the number one overall pick two years from now. So and he just won the Heisman. So, yeah, I, to be fair to Jared Goff, the last, I think, six weeks, they're five and one. He has yeah. 10 touchdowns, one interception, and a QBR of like 37, I think, over that time. And league average is 55. So he's had a good run. He's had some bad games in that stretch, too, and some really good games in that stretch. But the thing that jumped out to me as kind of a knock against him is his overexpected completion percentage is actually negative. So as good as his last six games have been and this team has been, he has been worse than expected based on the completion percentage. So like that suggests to me and to be completely fair, I didn't break down all their plays and say like Jared Goff should be putting up more numbers. Uh, But over the course of a pretty large sample, he is uh, missing on almost 2% of the passes that he should make. Right. which is kind of seems like scheme and player around him is helping him more than he is when he's making good decisions. You can still blow it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like he's elevating this right. group as much as he's like kind of just like coasting, which means like he's not the long-term answer there at quarterback. Right. And it's worth worth noting 75 QBR was over his last five games. So he is above average there. And yesterday or on Sunday, 27 for 39, 330 yards, three touchdowns. They rolled up 464 yards of offense against a Vikings team that was 10 and 2 heading into the week. Um, and again, I want to do a little bit of schedule look, uh, looking ahead because this yeah. is what's fun about it. They're game and a half behind the Giants for the playoffs. The Giants are going to play the Commanders. We'll see how that goes. Um, They're going to tie again on purpose this time. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, there's an interesting Lions thing. They were terrible on defense in their first seven games. Now they're top 10 against the pass and top 15 overall. So they're really just an average defense um, at this point, which is pretty good. This is, hold on, that's overall including their first several games or that's just Mm -hmm. since? Overall. Overall. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the last few games, then those numbers must be pretty Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And they have, so they're six and seven. They have the Jets. They have the Panthers. They have the Bears. They have the Packers. It's not a guarantee. Jets and Panthers are pretty hot right now. Yeah. Um, but it's not a, it's not inconceivable that they could yeah. be nine and eight or ten and seven. It's really not. Yeah, it's not inconceivable, but it still feels like a long shot for me for them. But I mean, your point is is well taken. Is they're probably a lot better than I'm giving them credit for because I'm still thinking about their defense as the beginning of the year defense. But yeah, it's it's possible. But they might have dug themselves too deep a hole. The Jared Goff long term answer that mm-hmm. one I feels like feels like not even worth discussing. Like I'd be shocked. If they don't draft a quarterback at that top, I mean, I guess not shock. If um, if they end with the number four pick and the first three teams go one, two, three, or trade around and go one, two, three quarterbacks, maybe they get to the point where the value isn't there and golf has been good enough. But it doesn't feel like they feel like he's a long term answer, and I think right. they're probably right. So and we'll and they see. have an out of his contract after this season. They can get out of it for you know just total ten million dollars of dead cap. Um, that's interesting. The, the thing that's interesting to me is they could keep him for two more years and develop a quarterback. Um, and that contract that we thought was, you know, ridiculous for him. $20 million in 2023, $21 million in 2024. And now that's a quarterback bargain. That's like the numbers that that we think Daniel Dimes is going to get on the open market this offseason. 
And actually, that's like somewhat of a fair comparison where it's like, if you can get this guy who's decent and the rest of the team is really good while you're developing someone like, all right, so you get an Anthony Richardson at the end of the first round or early second round, or you younger CJ Stroud. If this team is playoff ready, you might not want to put Will Levis or Anthony Richardson out there and play Jared Goff for a year. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. That's a great deal. And I mean, that trade, man, what a great trade they made. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Last one, last team is the 49ers. Uh, it's from Ryan Clark on TV on Monday mornings. This team is more relevant now that Mr. Irrelevant is the quarterback. Um, and the second one is from Warren Sharp on Twitter. He said, starting quarterback Brock Purdy played so well in blowing out Tom Brady's bucks 35 to seven that Kyle Shanahan sat him on the bench with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So he's healthy to start next week. Imagine writing that sentence in September. Quarterbacks are wins a quarterback stat, baby. I love matching up Purdy versus Brady. So, yeah, I mean, I, my more honest framing of it is we don't know what Purdy's ceiling is. So that makes me that gives makes me more optimistic than uh, when they had Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So like Purdy may end up being worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. We haven't seen him tested. Bryce Purdy or no, Brock. Brock Purdy. Why Bryce? Yeah, I'm thinking of college but i'm bryce young but anyway brock purdy we haven't seen brock purdy in a bad situation yet we've seen or in a high pressure situation perfect situation yeah it's it's all been good for him so far so that's the question and having that question mark there like that door number two situation is better than or like makes you feel a little bit more optimistic than jimmy garoppolo where that door is open we see what's behind that door and it ain't Pretty, not as pretty as Jimmy. How come Jalen Hurst doesn't get the pretty boy quarterback? I feel like I feel like he's just as attractive as maybe he's not tall. Is that well, it's it? also not his defining he's, characteristic? He's also good. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That's it. You're right. That's the problem. He's too good to be the pretty You're boy. Right. Damn it. Um, well, I guess I guess he'll take well, that. So the one thing I was thinking about with Brock Purdy is we did learn something. Obviously, the situation is perfect, and we'll see more with Debo as a high ankle sprain, no fracture. He's going to miss a couple of weeks, and who knows, it'll be 100% for the rest of the season. Um, and that's a huge loss because he has a, along with McCaffrey, a massive safety valve. But we learned that Brock Purdy is actually an NFL quarterback. And like, I think that's significant because like, we saw Skylar Thompson play for the Dolphins in a perfect situation, and he was not an NFL quarterback yet. 
even though the situation was amazing with Tiger Kill and Waddle and Kasiki and everyone around him. So that box is checked for me. Like, I don't think Purdy's going to go out there and just be like unplayable. And that when yeah. you put the, you know, a seventh round pick, that's always possible. But we got it. We have to talk. We have to talk about the defense. Because I actually am starting to think you're like, their defensive unit is so good that it's hard for me to imagine them not being in every single game, including with the Eagles in an NFC championship or the Chiefs in a Super Bowl. For the last six weeks, San Francisco's defense is allowed 17 or less points, and it's throttled Tua and Tom Brady in that time. Like, that's amazing that they're doing this, and they're getting better and healthier. Yeah, and adding Tom Brady in there is a nice trick, but we all know that the Bucks offense is not good. Throttling Tom Brady in the Bucks offense is not what it once was. But yeah, they've been great all year long. Um, and they're one of so there's a couple different types of like defenses in my mind. Is there's the one like the Eagles that kind of morph themselves week to week based on their game plan, and then there's like a do what we do type of defense, which I think um the 49ers fit in that category. And of course they morph a little bit or they change based on the tendencies that they're facing. But a lot of times they just go out there and run their stuff. And they're like, we're better than you, right. which I don't, it's, I'd like a more flexible defense. However, <laughs> if nobody can block you, it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> and that's what it boils down to is their D line is good and deep. And, and, and then they got playmakers on the other levels, including, uh, Warner, who's one of the best linebackers in football, but it really is all predicated on their D-line being able to to cause hell for everyone else. It's still like the yeah. Eagles. I mean, moral of the story, if there are more Bosa's coming in the draft, draft them. Just as any <laughs> yeah. Bosa. That's, that's fair. Any Bosa, you definitely need to draft a Bosa. Um, all right, is that it? That's all our, our um that's all I got. We'll have more press coverage. We'll we'll sit back on our perch and analyze how everyone else is wrong in weeks to come. Don't you worry. All right, roses and thorns. Let's do it. Thanks, Charlie. He's so good. How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. <laughs> all right. I won't say what I always say. Because you pretend like it's not true and like you don't like it. So Roses and Thorns is here. It's here. Look at him learning, guys. Okay, he kind of missed the memo, though, that is it oh, called yeah, Roses yeah, and Thorns I, still? I, I didn't guess miss the is. memo. I, I I saw the memo or heard the memo or felt the memo that you're tired of doing Roses and Thorns. No one cared enough. We're not enough. Not many people cared enough to give us amazing suggestions. So we got a couple and we're back here. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, to be clear, the, the idea was you were tired of doing Roses and Thorns yeah. and you wanted to do something Because I like to be different. positive. Like, like, I feel like like having the thorn thing is like, it's something we do at dinner and it's just a nice way for how it started, at least, for us to like have a conversation with our kids about their school day and kind of simply hear about one really good thing from their day and one not so good thing from their day and then kind of think constructively perhaps around that if there is any constructive. Well, that's, I mean, that's actually not how it started on, on this show. It no, just... I know, I know. I'm just give me background, Dominique. Oh, I'm sorry. I gotta learn how to how to do um TV and podcasts uh, from you. Please enlighten me. You're welcome. He can learn a lot from me, guys. He just doesn't know it. Um, and so on the show, he asked me to come on and do it with him. And the way that he analyzes like people with like sports stuff with work, he was like, "Well, someone should get a chance to pick at me like that." And who is better than my wife? And then also like it can give us a little segment or him a little segment to like be himself and not just all football all the time. 
And so that's how it started. You're going to flash to people before this show is over. I don't know. We're going to get some sort of YouTube warning or something. I have on a sports bra. Uh, Every time I record this, even if I put on something glittery on top, I'm wearing a sports bra and leggings underneath because that is my typical Monday attire. Anyway, so I come on here, but I just don't like having to give a thorn about you. Like when we do Rose and Thorns, it's about our day. Like having to like criticize my husband, who especially during the holiday season, I really love. And so there you go. Even though I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. That's your Rose. You're so great. I love you all year round, especially during the holidays. The, um, your background is very festive. Like I tend not to be a super festive person, but it's hard to to look at that beautiful tree and all your festive attire and not be in the spirit. Oh, you're really trying to flash them. I have three earrings. Dominique, shut up. I'm not. Literally, I have on a sports bra. It just happens to be the same color as my dress, so you don't notice it. So listen, so that is um my rose that I love you so much, especially in the holidays. And I see you even have, even though I don't want to do roses and thorns, like this is what we're supposed to be doing. I'm doing it. We didn't have any other like ideas. Well, we had a couple, so we'll quickly do roses and thorns and get to other things. I do have a thorn though. And as much as like I say, I don't like having thorns, this is something that I was reminded of twice this past week that sometimes I feel like when people don't like me, it makes you almost like them more. And let me explain that. And by people, I mostly mean like probably service industry people. Like if there's like a waiter or a bartender who doesn't like me or Uber driver who doesn't like me. And generally, like, I think I, I know that I try to, you know, I'm really nice to everybody. At least I try to be. But here's why sometimes Uber drivers don't like me and why his rating might be better than mine. Ubers to our house sometimes can take four minutes to get here. Sometimes they can take 17 minutes to get here. And I typically in the evenings call black cars. Um, oftentimes, like they end up being about the same price for our neighborhood because there's just a lot of them floating around as regular cars. Um, black cars have a 15 minute, they say like the car will wait for you for 15 minutes, right? So I don't intend to have them come 15 minutes early. But what happens is like, I'm like, okay, I'm 10 minutes away from being ready. Let me call my Uber. Okay, maybe I'm 15 minutes away from being ready. Let me call my Uber because it's not going to show up in one minute, right? It's going to be at least four minutes. So I call it. And sometimes because I called it 15 minutes before I'm, I'm being ready. And sometimes they only take four minutes. Sometimes they take 17. So sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm glad I called it 15 minutes before I was ready because otherwise if I called it when I was ready, I'd be waiting 17 minutes, right? So I call it 15 minutes before I'm ready. And then it comes in four minutes. Well, that's 11 minutes, right? That the Uber driver may have to wait outside for me. But here's the thing. It says they'll wait 15 minutes. And they're driving as black cars and they're getting paid like a high, typically the rate's supposed to be high. There has to be some benefit to them for it. And so sometimes what happens is Dominique will go out to the car at minute eight and I wait till minute 11 to go out still within four minutes of my window, you know, and for three minutes, the driver's in the car being like, I effing hate your wife. But the thing, and he's like, yeah. I You're know, not in the car. You don't know what they're saying. That's you, what I think is being said. You've invented this whole scenario. And he texts me like, the Uber driver hates you. And Dominique is like, yeah, I know, man. Um, She gets on my nerves too. <laughs> right, and then like with all, the bartenders, it happens also. First of all. I'm there then. First of all, your, um, your rose is garbage. Your rose was, I love you. That's not a rose. Like, that's not, uh, it's just that you love me. Well, I said I didn't love doing roses and thorns. Second of all, the thorn is me helping you. Like I'm going out to the car and doing what I would normally do is like, go sit in the car, try to save your rating, be nice to the guy, act like this only happens every now and then is, is what's happening at the car. The guy this particular time was like huffing and puffing. So like I, 
I had nothing to say, so I texted what you. Like, hey. could, what you could have said was, well, is she still within her 15-minute window? Because, yes, I was. See, that's the difference between you and me is I'm trying to win. You're trying to just get highlights. Like, the win in that moment is to try to save your that's rating. highlight. No, it's a highlight. It's a highlight is like you try to dunk on a man. Like, well, we got 15 minutes. It's only 10 minutes. But what I'm actually doing is saying like, it's it's trying to save your rating. It serves us. It serves you. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve anybody. For me to be sassy with the man, with the point of me going out there is not to play you. It is not to gang up on you with some Uber driver just met. That's the word. Gang up. That's what he does. He gangs up It's to sit in the car and try to be polite and make it so that the Uber driver is like, oh, it's okay. Um, so on to being positive, because obviously what makes me more happy than anything in the world. Christmas. We had a recap, just holidays in general, honestly. Um, we used to live in a really, um, a predominantly Jewish neighborhood in, in outside of Baltimore in Baltimore County. And like, just being like, when I would drive past the synagogue and like people were leaving and people were happy, just being around people, like celebrating things together, like whatever holiday or whatever it is they're celebrating, it makes me feel so happy. Um, we had a weekend full of Christmas festivity as every weekend of December basically is for us after our daughter's birthday on December 2nd. Um, yes. What was your favorite part? Or generally, what is your favorite like Christmas tradition that I forced you to be involved in? Um, all of them are equally awesome. They are so great. I love them. I think the tradition that I enjoyed the most is just the like traditional night before Christmas stuff of putting stuff together, getting things set up, getting everything ready. Like that feels, I don't know, it feels like what a dad is supposed to do on Christmas. And that feels like the best, most fun part for me i mean the rest of it is like i don't know, I don't know. the rest of it's kind of whack like going to see santa and um i don't know listening to lots of christmas music having family and stuff over is nice i guess but it's like whatever well i'm shocked i would not have guessed that putting stuff together on christmas eve was something you like because to me that's actually if you want to consider that a christmas tradition one of my least favorite things i'm typically so exhausted what is your favorite tradition i mean i just like all of it like from like december 2nd on i don't it. know i can't pick well to be clear i i'm gonna put my foot down on this i don't stop many traditions i go along with just about everything that you like and want in life but this one i'm not doing is next year our oldest child will not be taking a picture she will. it's just i'm not i will not allow you to do that to her she don't want to do it and i she she's gonna be 13 years old she's not no and you made her dress up in matching clothes with her siblings. It's just rude. So just because they agreed to it, she's very nice. She's a people pleaser. She wants to make you happy. It's just, Is it it's harming her terrible. to go do it? I'm not having her sit on the man's lap. So next year, Avery, let's just leave it up to her. Like an honest decision I or honest um, choice for her. I think that she does lots of things just to make people around her happy, which is a decent trait, but also like... Uh, she don't need to be in matching clothes with her nine-year-old and six-year-old sibling in a picture with Santa. But like, maybe it's not for her. Sometimes like a lot of things I do around here aren't like targeted my own personal joy. And I get I'm an adult and I've had children. And so that's a decision I've made. But I mean, sometimes you do things to make your mother happy. Yes. Okay. We can move on from that, but I think she does plenty, but okay. Okay. So anyway, um, the one recommendation my friend Shaika, um had to move on from roses and thorns was first date questions. She gave me the best I like that. list of first date questions. And I'm thinking ultimately what I need to do is print them out 
and cut them up and just like pull them randomly. Oh, I like that. Right. But our printer's broken right now and it won't be available until after Christmas when I give the kids the new printer that Santa got them. <laughs> um, because mommy needs a printer. Um, and my one son is into graphic design stuff and they print so much stuff for school. So it became a Christmas present. Um, but so, so in the meantime, I actually just read over the list and I kind of cheated and chose a few questions. It's like the most interesting list of questions. I was like, wow, I would love to be on one of your first dates. Like, give them up. Um, but so I cheated because I, I, um, like, I realized that your problem is not, not enough setup. Your problem is so much setup. Ask me a first date question. Okay. They're Christmas theme. Um, but from her list. So what is the favorite, your best, like your most favorite gift you've ever received? My favorite gift I've ever received. Um, hmm, Sega Genesis was pretty great when I was a kid. When I got me a Sega, that was pretty nice. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Sega Genesis. What about you? What's so funny is I'm not even a gamer, but the most memorable gift I ever received was a Game Gear. Um, so like the Sega mini one. And I remember like laying down, like there's like a banister where you can see down under the Christmas tree. Cause my parents would go down, like laying down on the floor flat, trying to like see, and everything was wrapped. I was like, I really think that box could be it. So I ran as soon as I could open presents, I opened that one first and it was that. And I got a little mermaid game and an Aladdin game and like a huge battery pack. Um, it was the most, it was my favorite thing. So oh, that was, we fun. didn't have a banister when I was growing up for Christmas. There was no banister. There's no stairs. We all lived on the same floor. Okay, that's nice. I know. I was just thinking of, I was trying to remember my banister thing. But what me and my brother did was the night before Christmas, we would go down the hallway and try <laughs> to map out all the creeks in the floor so that the next morning we could go and get to the presents without waking anybody up. I did remember that. Okay, that's funny. Did you actually succeed? Yeah. You didn't get my, we would have gotten so much trouble if we opened the presents without like my parents. They'd be like, this is for our joy to watch you, yeah. um, which is how I feel about our kids. I'm like, the doors are closed. Um, okay. My other question, if you could turn anything into an Olympic sport, what would you be most likely to medal in? Like what could, sport could you create that you could medal in? You are so effing weird. Your, your turn. Well, I saw that question and immediately I thought Christmas so that's why I pulled it. Either coordinating family pictures or for a holiday and making great holiday cards. Great um, yeah. And and like for Santa, I actually did match and I thought it was hilarious. It was like different versions of the same print with reindeer on it. But normally I don't believe in matching it. We've been coordinating or gift giving. Um, okay. One more question for you. And again, you'll know the answer for me. Well, you might not actually, because I chose it because it relates to the holidays, but is there, when you look at a calendar, a favorite day for you favorite day of the calendar um your birthday oh no 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 our anniversary that's the right answer i Aww. our anniversary which is the third which is of july yes right before independence day which i've always found hilarious <laughs> <laughs> what's so your funny. what's your favorite day it's like, okay, so I do really like early July, like the third through the eighth, because my birthday is the eighth. So I like sets of dates. Like those days, I'm always just like super happy. So it's great because have that in July. And then about half a year later, a little less than half a year later, from like Thanksgiving Day to Christmas Day, back when I was younger, I would say even like 
10 years ago, 12 years ago, before I had kids, I think I would have said Christmas was my favorite day. Even though I was like a 20 something year old, I still just loved Christmas, like matching pajamas with my family and like feeling so happy. And even though it wasn't like, oh, I'm getting like, it wasn't about the gifts, just like being with family. But I kind of think I might like Thanksgiving as much, if not more. Um, and then I like all the like Christmas preparations between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, so just that period, like this is my happy month. It's great. I'm enjoying it um, through you. It's it's not, I'm not as into the holidays. You, I mean, Thanksgiving is fine. I don't love food nearly as much as other people. But it's not but about having, food. It's about like having your family together. The family like, around is cool. Um, music's on. Uh, I don't have a big family, so, and my family was sick. So it was really just all your family on Thanksgiving. I felt so bad. It was like 40 of my in our house. It was like 40 of my family members and not a single one of his. But that was one reason why over the weekend, even though you have a small family, I did want to have like a nice festive holiday dinner with just and your family. Christmas, I feel like after like around 12 or 13, Christmas is not as exciting until I guess you get older. But I, I don't know. At this point, Christmas is just a reminder that your family only knows one thing about you is everyone just <laughs> buys you a gift. Like, oh, you like football, don't you? Here's a book about football. Here's a tie with like a football books. on it. Oh, you like to read? You like to read? Yes. Here, you have some so books. Many books. <laughs> Makes you look smart, though. Uh, I don't read none of them books, but I do appreciate it. Everybody could save their money. Just give me a hug and say, happy Christmas. Can I tell you what he asked me to give him for Christmas, guys? Underwear. He said he wants to replenish his underwear yeah, stash. Underwear so is just, oh, I went, I'm going to throw them all out on Christmas. And he wanted some that felt kind of nice. nice so he's getting a nice, he's getting a whole lot of nice underwear for me. So, That's all I want. Nice um, drawers. And maybe a few other little things. I haven't noticed any packages come in your name. Oh, for you? What do you? What are you going to need? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not getting are you anything. Are you giving me anything? No. I was going to ask. I'm not getting anything. I'm just going to. I mean, it's, let's. I don't know how honest you want to get, but we can get pretty honest. It's hard to buy you gifts because you. I have a lot of things. You buy the shit that you want. Every, every, all those boxes. I don't. Yes, I you do. don't you buy everything. That I you don't want. buy everything jewelry. Okay. I give you jewelry. Thank you so much. What a gift! Uh, it's just always boxes coming in. Or, with new or stuff. you can think of other. Or you can think of other things. Yeah, though. Like I, it doesn't it can be creative, will. sweet things. Like for our tenth anniversary, I remember he was coming up with some really cute idea. Did you ever give it to me? Mm, nope. No. He ordered all this stuff to make something for me. He like kind of told me about it. Some sort of like scrapbook. It's something to do like some it was, art. Like, it I failed. Don't... It's it's tough because like it's you make it challenging because I have to do gifts and sometimes I, I swing and miss because I'm like, man, what can I get her that she hasn't bought herself? Nothing. So all right, I have to do something thoughtful. I have to do something creative. And then it's thoughtful and creative, and and sometimes I'm hit and sometimes them miss. I love you, though. Merry Christmas. I love you, too. Bye. All right. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Addie. Thanks, Sarah and Christina. Everybody's the best. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Something like that. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.